Welcome to the Commission's Podcast. I'm Woody Lomack. Dave Lackford joining me. We're having all types of uh, serious uh, problems this morning, aren't we, Dave? Yeah, the music was still going there. <laughs> yeah, the music's playing. I'm talking. The uh, <laughs> It says you're not recording. Let's hope you are. If you're not. I am. I am. It yeah. says recording in progress on mine. Okay, it doesn't doesn't say it on mine for some reason. Zencaster, what are you doing to us? By the way, our Zencaster subscription is up at the end of the month, and I would say renewal uh, not looking good at this point. <laughs> so anyway, uh, we're here to talk about a great, uh, and I wouldn't say great, pretty good day of football yesterday. We had enough good games we want to bring Dave in to talk about it. So Dave, let's jump right into it. Game one, I'll start about it. Uh, Auburn goes down to Florida, loses 24-13. to uh, Marlon Davidson, the dirty player. <laughs> 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 I'm joking. Uh, we were talking about that before we started the show, but Florida kind of controlled this one from start to finish. Bo Nix, your son, your number one player in the country, struggled a lot. Um, three picks, yeah. 11 of 27. Uh, what's your biggest takeaway from this one? Bo Nix is human, you know, but hey, look, it's hard to go down in the swamp and win, and he's a true freshman. He's going to bounce back, but you're right. Um, Florida controlled this one. Um, you know, did, did they ever? Did they ever trail? I don't think so, right? No, uh, they. Let's see. No, I don't think so. I think they got up early and they were winning seven to six at the end of the first quarter. And I don't think so. yeah, you got a lot of sound know. popping up over there on your end. Yeah, yeah, my fault. That's a pop up. I, I had to turn my my uh, pop up block, blocker off. But uh, I think uh, Kyle Trask, man, um, what a blessing it is to you know finally have your your real starter forced into action. <laughs> you know, I mean, I don't want to say it's a blessing that someone got hurt, but I mean, whatever the situation is, Trask has been really good. I mean, they were losing to Kentucky; they were down eighteen. Trask comes in, they win that game, and. Um, they're rolling, and a lot of people are thinking that uh, Florida is overrated. I, I've seen that controversial take. Um, you can say what you want, but they're 6-0. and They just beat Auburn, who everybody was advocating to be in the top four because they had the, they, they played the hardest schedule, and Florida comes and knocks them off um, in, a, in, you know, in a decisive manner. They, they led the whole game. They controlled the game. They did what they were supposed to do. They're a good defense. They've got a, a, a pretty good running game, and now Trask is able to – to complement that. So Florida looks legit to me. I mean, they should be like number six, right? Yeah. I mean, Emory Jones even came in when Trask got hurt uh, and, and looked pretty good too. I mean, he kind of controlled the game. Emory Jones. Yeah. 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 So, I mean, it's, it, I think, I mean, personally, if I were doing the rankings, I might rank them higher just because I'm a troll like that. Um, right. Right. They, you are a troll have played a pretty good schedule so far, I guess. I mean, they beat Auburn, which is better than a lot of teams ahead of them have done. I was, I thought, I was super confident Auburn was going to go go down there and, and take care of business, no problem. I mean, I really thought that Trask, yeah. when he got pressured, was going to have a lot of problems, especially based on what I saw in the Tennessee game. But he's made a lot of progress already. What's funny is he's kind of, He's kind of every football guy's dream, but also their nightmare because he know. So he was a two star. Nobody wanted him, right? So that's right. good for a football guy. Uh, then he didn't transfer. Could have transferred. Sat there, sat there, and uh, and waited. Waited his turn. Great teammate. 
but he never played uh, in high school. So then he doesn't have any film and he earned his scholarship at a camp in the underwear Olympics. Oh, oh man. So he doesn't hit all three. Uh, you know, he, he, it's perfect for people who want to say, which by the way, now that's just a thing. Every single game is like, this guy didn't transfer, could have transferred. It's like, yes. Yeah, so what? The, the last two Heisman trophy winners transferred, you know, like I'm so sick of, announcers like, like tv people saying that over and over and over again like they're also they're also obsessed with the four or five star thing too because i was watching the stanford cow game last night and i i mean if i was drinking every time they mentioned that you know stanford doesn't have all the four and five star guys which they have a fair amount they do pretty well i would be i would be obliterated i wouldn't be waking up at 10 30 doing this podcast with you right now i'll tell you that much i bet i bet there's some i bet if you did a breakdown of four and five star signees over the last four classes between stanford and washington they'd be the same like i would be i would i would i would be very interested in how that number shakes out they were starting a five-star court quarterback they got a five-star quarterback <laughs> who transferred by the way football guys don't like him very much and he looked bad man he oof. who eason well i'm yeah, saying we'll get to that later we're getting right. off track i'm here. saying davis mills was also a five-star quarterback i like the number so 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 jacob eason <laughs> right. like, what are we doing so anyway uh great win for florida the problem for them is you know they have to go play lsu now i mean what these two crossover games, by the way, I'm, I'm starting, there's been a lot of talk about it this week and other weeks. The SEC has got to change up the scheduling. The East is so bad that it's like, it's, it's, it's really not fair to me for a lot of these teams like Auburn to have to play, you know, I, I get it, but it's like, yeah, these two, teams- yeah, they got to, they, they got to play the West and then, and then you got the best team in the East. <laughs> right, they got to play Florida and Georgia. Those are their two games in the East. That's like, yeah, come, come on, man. So I, I would like to see, I, I love seeing good games. So, you know, Hey, I'll, I'm all for it. But I also think, I mean, this was the first te- time these two teams had played in like seven years. They used to play every year. So I think, you know, the scheduling needs to be rotated. Teams in the same conference should not be playing each other for seven or eight years, you know? Um, eh, well, be careful with that, though, because you, you got the rivalry games, you know what I mean? Like, Florida-Florida State has to keep playing each other, right? I know that's ACC-SEC, but, you know, you got to have you, you right, gotta have three of them and then mix up the rest. Do we got to have yeah. Tennessee, Missouri every year? It's like, oh, we got to have right. that Missouri, Arkansas rivalry. It's like, no, we don't. Mm-hmm. Um, so anyway, great win for the Gators. I, I'm not super worried about Auburn. It, it just like they had their chances. I mean, especially late, I think before Malik Davis or excuse me, uh, LaMichael Pirine ran off that long run. I mean, they were right in the game that just their defense couldn't do it for, for for so long. I mean, they didn't even have 300 yards of offense, which is kind of crazy to think about when you think about Auburn. But, uh, boy, not a take is a Kobe McLean led Auburn with 10 tackles yesterday. So, good game. You know, us, you know who else looked good? I got to give a shout-out to my boy, Freddie Swain, who I was in numerous arguments with about – um, after watching him in seven-on-seven seven games and saying, yo, that dude's a pure route runner. You know, he's a good player. And a lot of people were like, no, you know, underwear Olympics, yada, yada, yada. But <laughs> Freddie, Freddie did his thing. Six catches, 146 yards, 64-yard long touchdown. You know, I, I like Freddie Swain. I think he's a guy. I think he's going to get drafted. 
Yeah, we ranked it. They have so many good. That's the thing is like, and that may be one of the reasons why Trask has had an easier time. They have four or five NFL receivers on their team. You know? Yeah. So <laughs> mute your mute your speakers. I'm sorry. It's my bad. It's, 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 I keep watching his Freddie Swain highlights, bro. <laughs> so he had a great game. Uh, incidentally, Van Jefferson and Travon Grimes and Tyree Cleveland all basically were non-factors in terms of catches. But uh, that's what happens. The backup quarterback comes in, and all of a sudden the dudes he was playing with on the, the twos end up making all types of catches. Um, I'll tell you what, though, when you got Freddie Swain, why throw it anywhere else, you know? <laughs> oh, I like Josh Hammond, too. and and I like Van Jefferson. Why? Dave, just mute your speech. Just hit mute on your on your thing there so it stops. Pl- I I did. I don't understand. What's- All right. We're good. We're good. Keep it moving. Uh, and they also played without uh, – what's, what's that one guy's name? The, <laughs> the old quarterback from Alabama who's like their little slot receiver. I can't remember his name. No, I don't know, man. You got yeah, you do. He's like their best offense. He's like their best weapon. Hold on, I'll look at a profess. I'm sorry. This is riveting, uh, sleepy morning uh, podcasting, huh? Let's yes, see. sir. Oh, uh, Kadarius Tony. That's what I was talking about. He's hurt. He didn't play. Oh, so uh, right, right. Anyway, all right. Moving on. We got to we got to get moving. Um, we wanted to talk about it. We had Iowa going to Michigan. Another game that the. The people, everyone thought, oh, I was going to win this, no problem. One of the most boring games ever. I was watching this on my way back from Nashville, 10-3. to 3. Basically, the entire game came down to one throw from Shea Patterson. It was like a 50-yard pass in the, in the first quarter. And once they got that, it was like, okay, they, they're going to win now because uh, Iowa cannot move the ball. They threw it 42 times. They had one yard rushing. How about that? And they turn and they and they threw three picks. Right, they threw three picks. They fumbled a bad fumble that directly led to points. And Michigan, once they had control of the game, they did what they needed to do. That was it. You think this stops off some of the Michigan uh, panicking, or you still think they're bad? I'd panic. I mean, they their their defense looked good, but the problem with them is their offense, and they didn't show any offense again. Now Iowa does have a good defense. But I, I would not be happy if I'm a fan of Michigan. It's boring. It's boring football. You know what I mean? Yeah, this whole thing. Like I'm so I'm getting real tired of like, you know, do, do you do you think these guys thought it was boring and it's I'm celebrating? It's like, well, I don't care what they think. Like Rob said right. the other day, like if you ask kids playing t-ball if it's boring, they'll say no. They're having a great time. But you ask a parent, it's really <laughs> yeah, it's really boring. So. Uh, they'll take the win. They'll probably win again next week. They'll set them up five and one going into Penn State. Iowa still has a chance, I think, to get to the to the uh, Big Ten championship game on their side of the old bracket. Although they have Penn State next, so um, if they win that game, then it's basically between them and Wisconsin down the stretch. But it's just well, let's let's segue to Penn State then. Unless you want to keep talking about Michigan's boring no, offense. No, we can talk about Penn State. They beat Purdue 35-7. to Boy, Purdue, one in four, walking wounded. Defend your uh, alma mater there. <laughs> okay, my alma mater. My alma mater is Bucknell University, Ray Bucknell. But, uh, man, Purdue is a, a mash unit right now. They lost uh, – they they lost Marshawn Rice. He can't. He couldn't go. And then uh, the Sheffield kid, who was not a take for Notre Dame, he got hurt. He couldn't play. 
Milton Wright's 50-50. So they're basically walking out there. And, and of course, Rondale's hurt. Rondale will be back, though. I think Rondale's going to come back for the Illinois game. That's some when, inside when is that? for y'all. Next? Uh, I, no, I think I think it's uh, two weeks from now. I don't think he'll play the next game. Okay. Whatever the game after the next game is is when he'll be back. Um, that's coming from a, a source <laughs> close to Rondale. His personal trainer. Okay, well, you're not supposed to give up the source if you're kind of trying to keep it anonymous. <laughs> uh, he don't. He don't care. But anyway, um, he'll be back in a game or two. Okay, so if he doesn't come back for Illinois, he'll definitely be back the next game. So he's great. But uh, Purdue's bowl hopes are in, in uh, uh, peril. Penn State's five and zero. Oh. They look good. Um, Sean Clifford. Good completion percentage through three touchdowns. Noah Kane had 100 yards. And, um, you know, they did what they wanted against a, a pretty much a walkthrough against a battered Purdue team. So, you're right, Penn State, Iowa, good matchup there. I got Penn State winning that one. And do, um, that's all I got to say do about you, that. I don't – I still don't know if Penn State is good. Like, I, I'm, I'm still not, like, I'm still not convinced. I want to see them play against a good team. I, I, I have a little bit of – concerns about their quarterback so next week's well they got they yeah next week's big and they're going on the road right then after that they got michigan then they got michigan state who you know hung in there against georgia and then they got uh pj fleck in minnesota is minnesota still yeah, undefeated yeah, they're, they're rolling. yeah and, and then they got ohio state so their schedule is their schedule's tough you know they'll be tested you know if they can if they're undefeated going into the ohio state game you know that's going to be that's going to be college game day for sure. All right. Next up, speaking of Ohio State, they beat Michigan State thirty-four to ten. Game was never really in doubt. Uh, another good game for for Justin Fields. He keeps rolling along, and uh, seventeen of twenty-five did throw a pick. I think it was his first, first one of the year. Yeah. But their running backs looked really good. Dobbins had one hundred and seventy-two yards. Not a take. Master Teague with 90, 90 yards on fourteen carries. Uh, and they're really good. I mean, I, I had no doubts in this game they were going to win. I, I, I think Michigan State, you know, being in the top 25 was a little dubious. I'd rather have, like, Baylor or somebody, you know. Um, but I'll tell you what, though. Michigan State didn't get blown out. They held their own. They look like they, you know, they look like they belonged on the field. Second quarter, Ohio State did them in with 24 points. But, um, you know, if you, if you take that away, it was – you know they they were competitive for three quarters, um, and I, I don't know they're 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 smart team. They're your typical Big Ten football team. If they don't make a lot of mistakes, they're going to be in the game. They didn't, so I, I don't know. I think Michigan's a top. Michigan State's probably going to end up in the top twenty five at the at the end of the year. Yeah, they'll they'll be on the they'll first. get eight wins. Um, you know, <laughs> uh, let's see. They have. The, uh, yeah, Ohio State has next week off, and then they play Northwestern on the 18th, which is a weekday game. Is that a Friday? Talk about talk about boring. Good lord. <laughs> yeah. We can get to that. We can get that later. But to, uh, Wisconsin on the 26th. That's kind of what we're circling now because Ohio State's schedule is not very hard uh, at all. I mean, they didn't play a Power Five non-conference opponent, did they? They had. Cincinnati, FAU, and Miami of Ohio. So, yeah, they play nine conference games, which is nice, but you'd like to see them play, like, at least one, like a Pac-12 team or something like that, but they didn't do that this year. So, um, all right, moving on. We can talk about uh, Friday night. UCF travels to Cincinnati. You're Cincinnati Bearcats. Yes, sir, my boys. Cincinnati. Excellent. What's crazy is, and this is what 
once UCF decided to play Gabriel, you knew they were going to take their lumps on the year. Um, I think they had how many yards of offense did they have in this game? They put up like 500 yards. They just couldn't punch it in. And Gabriel threw three picks, two of them, uh, one in the end zone and one on like the three-yard line. And uh, got a little hairy there at the end for Cincinnati. I thought the game was over uh, a few different times. And UCF had a chance to stop and get the ball back. Yeah, big uh, interception. Three picks for the freshmen. Including a pick six. Cincinnati's defense played played really well. That's, the, that's their calling card. I mean, they did what they were supposed to do. They played good defense. Their quarterback, Desmond Ritter, is a ball control guy. Michael Warren had 100 yards. So they did a good job. Uh, they did a good job. They, they played their game plan. And, uh, you know, the three interceptions is really what killed UCF for sure. Yeah, now uh, Cincinnati, I'm not sure if they can – there's a lot of talk about them being in the, the driver's seat for the potential uh, yeah. New Year's Day Bowl. I still think Boise has the edge there. If they keep winning, they're going to get it. But uh, I don't know. Do we think since you can can win out, they have Temple at the end, Memphis at their last two games of the year. I think Dave just mute your sound. I don't know how you put, just hit it on you. Bro, literally bro, relax, your, relax, relax. It's all good. I, I, if I hit mute, I can't hear you. But let's not get into that. Okay. <laughs> How's that possible? Do you not have headphones I in? I do, but just it's not it's not riveting radio right now, man. Okay. All right. All right. Well, they play Temple and Memphis back to back at the end of the year, so those could be two uh, losable games for sure. And six, two those two games are in six days. Memphis must be a weeknight. Yeah, game, that's that's so. bad news right there. And they're two tough teams back to back. Are they on the road? Are they going to Philly? Or is it interesting? They're going to Memphis. Yeah, Temple's at home, Memphis on the road. Okay. That's that's doable though. That's not a it's that's not really that bad because if Temple has to come into Cincinnati and then Cincinnati just travels down to Memphis, that's like a what, like a four hour ride, five hour ride. That's not that bad. Right. So UCF's gonna fall in the top twenty five. They had a they had a pretty good run. Like but I think I think they were kind of always headed for like a nine and nine and four type season, like I said, especially because of the quarterback situation. My question is, when you build a team with a lot of transfers like they have who come into a situation where the team is already winning, you always wonder, like, you know, when you lose a couple of heartbreaker games like they have this year, do things sort of uh, do things sort of fall apart? So I think that's we'll see what Josh Heupel's kind of made of. They play ECU next. Temple is basically their only – Oh, they got to go to Tulane at the end of the year, too. So uh, definitely two more losable games on the schedule for them. So we'll see if they can. If since they since Now Cincinnati basically has a two-game lead because they have the tiebreaker. So going to be tough for UCF to get back to that conference championship game. I, I hope they get to play a Power 5 team in the bowl game, though. I'm not sure about what the bowl situation is, but that would be uh, – I always enjoy that. So uh, moving on, Oregon and Cal. Boy, speaking of the Big Ten. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, what's up with this the Big Ten, man? Two snooze fest. Uh, Pac Pac twelve after tart after dark, man. Was did not deliver, bro. Yeah, Pac twelve put me to sleep. Uh, should be called. I mean, Oregon's offense. I'm sorry, it's one of the. I, I, I was ranting to you during the game. Or, Oregon's uh, running back CJ Verdell. Who? Th- this is the issue with Oregon. They. Mario Cristobal is an old offensive lineman, and he wants to run this power football, right? Right. But he does not have a bell cow running back. He, they do not have a running back capable of carrying the load. They just don't. Like, 
it's they, they have CJ Verdell, who who I remember the old running backs coach uh, at Oregon, like Gary Campbell, whenever they signed him three years ago, told me that he reminded him of LaMichael James, and that's fine. He's not LaMichael James. He can't make anybody miss. And he's not in. If you remember, like when Oregon was winning with Michael James, remember how many times he'd run it like between the tackles and take hits at his like being tiny size? Like he could take a beating. Verdell gets hurt every game. He got hurt last night. They bring in Travis Dye, who promptly fumbles twice. Uh, he, he, he also, they also like the announcers are going on and on about how. Oh, every player on the sideline went over to him and told him they need him and they're going to need him to win this game. They put him back in and then he immediately like gets bur- gets beat on like a pass protection and Herbert gets sacked. <laughs> and I'm just like, you have got to get this. This guy, I'm sorry. He had a good game. He had good statistical game. 15 carries for 81 yards. And uh, what did he have? One catch for minus three yards and, and at least a couple drops. If you're going to be a power running back team, you have to have a good running back. They won 17 to 7. It's a nice win. Their defense is good, but I just feel like you know Justin Herbert's going to go in the top 5 of the draft. And I don't know if he <laughs> should necessarily. Well, well why but, not use him? <laughs> we're right, but it's like let the dude throw. I mean, at some point, like okay, he he did throw a pick yesterday, but his first of the year. I just I just don't like it's so frustrating to watch them play especially given like when you see those Oregon uniforms, you're expecting like some type of dynamic offense, you know? Yeah. Well, I'll, I'll say this. Cal's secondary is really good. So maybe they thought, all right, let's not, let's not throw into the teeth at our secondary. Now I haven't watched Oregon all year. Like you have, have they consistently been trying to do this uh, power running attack or. Do yes. You- oh, okay. <laughs> let's look at their, hold on. Let me see if I can pull it there. They're like, Oh, we got the running game back on track. That's what they were saying yesterday. They had 190 yards rushing. Okay. Congratulations. Like, you used to run for 300 yards a game. Yeah. You know, like with Chip Kelly or whoever, or Mark Helfrich. If you look at this at the at the season stats, okay, they've played five games. They have 809 yards rushing. Ooh. Okay, what – What? I mean, Chubba Hubbard has like 1,100 yards right now for Oklahoma State. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, Great name, dude. by the way, Chubba Hubbard. I like that. It's just like, you know, C.J. Verdell, 64 carries for 277 yards, 4.3 yards a carry. And if I looked up, well, I guess I should I, – I wanted to uh, I wanted to see what our boy Travis Dye's grade was on uh, Pro Football Focus from my side because <laughs> I was so mad. Pass blocking. You know what his pass blocking grade was? 39. Zero. Whoa. <laughs> Out of 100. <laughs> <laughs> Let me see what a loud pressure. He uh, see it. Yeah, he. I think that play I was talking about. Um, yeah, he he was in for for. Uh, he was only in there for for three of them. It looks like, but yeah, it was not. It was not a good game for our boy, uh, Trav. Sorry, he had a grade of uh, overall grade of forty three. So, um, I just. I'm sorry. I don't. I don't. I don't see it. I don't get it. It's. You know, maybe Oregon fans can, but this is an example. The Oregon fans have been complaining about how boring their offense is, and the reporters are sitting there fighting with them on Twitter. It's like, wait, I've wait, been in- talk about that. Wait, <laughs> Hold on. well, it's like you know, how, you know how like you know how like teams hire like dudes who work for the team now. 
So they have a guy who used to cover the team for the newspaper in Eugene who now works like in-house. Yeah, right, right. And he's sitting there like arguing with people on Twitter during the game about like play calling. And I'm like, dude, like what is the – what is – what's your end goal? First of all, you're not going to convince anyone. Second of all, they are boring. Like they're, they're – there's no doubt Oregon is boring and their offense is boring. He's doing his job. He's a PR guy. He's no longer a journalist, and he's there to spin everything. And those those people are so annoying to me. And and I know a few of them <laughs> that aren't right. actually hired by the universities <laughs> that do that. All right. So Oregon is – and this is the other thing today. I've had it with uh, college football talk. Are you familiar with this? You know, like – you know how Mike Florial runs uh, – Yes. Pro football talk. Yeah, they have yeah, a college yeah. version, which is just an RSS feed for NBC Sports College Football Talk website, right? Right. So, so usually they do stories like, like their tweets are like this: Stanford upends number fifteen Washington to keep Huskies winless on the farm the last decade, and it's a link. But sometime whoever runs the account, which you don't know, that's the other thing that that really makes me mad is you don't know who this is. Late at night, they start spewing off hot takes, right? Okay. So last night, uh, they tweet, random thought, it's adorable that the Pac-12 is still considered a Power 5 conference. Oh, God. Right. It's like, uh, I almost wanted to be like, thanks, RSS feed. You know, <laughs> like, <laughs> and this, this isn't the first time they've, like, attacked, like, whoever runs this account clearly doesn't like the Pac-12. Which is fine. I don't. I don't really care. But it's just like they also tweeted earlier: Georgia and Ohio State are the best two teams in college football right now, and should be ranked one and two when the new polls are released Sunday afternoon. Well, Why? Because Clemson and Alabama had a bye week. What are you talking about? <laughs> right. Exactly. It's like, come on. You don't even know. I was going to say, dude. You don't know if it's a dude. You don't have to hear. Tweet that from your own account. I'm totally fine with that. Right. But don't. Tweet it from. It'd be like if I just went on the rivals account, which only tweets basically links and stuff, and just started spewing out like ridiculous takes. You know, like uh, oh, it's it's adorable that the Pac-12 is a power. No, it is. It, like there's five conferences, and it's one of them. It's not adorable. It's a un- indisputable fact. You know, like I'm sorry. <laughs> you can say it's the worst one. But I mean, so are, are we saying are we saying to make like the AAC a Power Five and drop the Pac twelve? Are we saying cut it to the Power Four? What are we talking about? And then once we cut it to the Power Four, do we do we say okay, ACC, you're you're on the way out next, so we're going to be the Power Three. So let's just call the SEC the only Power Conference. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's that's the thing is like okay, so if uh, yeah if. If you lined up the ACC and the Pac-12 outside outside of Clemson, who you would pick to beat every team in the Pac-12, I mean, the next if you were doing like a ranking, the next like six teams would be Pac-12 teams. So if you were doing like a one to to twenty four, how many teams there are, right? Yeah, it'd be Clemson, and then you'd have like Oregon, Washington, USC, Cal. You know what I mean? Arizona State, Utah. And then you'd get to like Wake Forest. Personally, I think if you were matching them up head to head, that's the Wake Forest is the second best team in the ACC. You know what I mean? And you know, and, and we've talked off the air. We love Wake Forest. We think Wake Forest wins like either ten or nine games this year, right? Right, exactly. But but I'm just saying, if you if if they're playing 
any of but Wake, Wake Forest ain't going to Oregon and coming out of there with a dub, most likely. And 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 here's the thing: you put Wake Forest in a Pac-12, they're going to do what Pac-12 teams do. They're going to lose a game they're not supposed to lose, and, and all that stuff. You know, I mean, it's just stupid. It's just a dumb argument. It's a, here's what it is: they're they're the easy target because no one really watches them outside of the crazy people like us who stay up and watch college football on a Saturday because we're washed. And <laughs> so so it's like you're not really going to get any blowback. Right, so you just and then everybody kind of chimes in because they don't watch the Pac-12 either, and they're like, "Oh yeah, Pac-12's guard." Meanwhile, Washington and Stanford, you got two five stars out there. So, like, what are we talking about, man? We right, shut up. It's dumb. (laughs) And and Washington has lost two two games that they probably should have won in Cal and and uh, Stanford. But guess what? You know, Oregon's played those two teams and beat them, so you have to give them some credit. Although, I'm I'm still pretty dubious of Oregon because of the way they play. They're almost like they're almost like shortening the game and letting the other team into the like you if you limit possessions when you're the better team, yeah, you're you're opening the door for something crazy to happen, a weird bounce, a weird play, a kick return, you know, a fumble, an interception. So when they turn it over three or four times and only gonna have ten possessions, you know, it it, it the margin for error gets smaller and smaller. So I don't know if they're going to be able to, to run the went out the rest of the way, especially with some of the teams they have to play. All right. Next up, uh, Georgia beats Tennessee 43 to 14, a late cover by the, uh, by the Bulldogs there. Tennessee was actually winning this game, I think 14 to 10. Uh, and then <laughs> 33 straight points for Georgia. Well, the Tennessee fans were very excited. They started Brian Maurer and uh, he had two hundred- <laughs> a lot of, of confidence in there, or a lot of uh, vows in that yeah. game. He had 205 yards passing in the first half, and boy, there were tweets were flying, and then he had zero yards passing. In the third <laughs> uh, no, he was listen. The funniest part about that game, right? Like he was like zero for seven or something, and then they put uh, Guantanamo Bay in there, whatever his name is. I can't say Guantarno or whatever. And um, <laughs> I'm sitting there watching with a friend of mine, and uh. He goes, he goes, man, what a bad ball. They should take him out and put that other kid who hasn't completed a passing. <laughs> and they did. <laughs> like, so, so Guantanamo Bay comes in there and throws a pass, right? It's like a hospital ball over the middle. Uh, dude's wide open. Hospital ball. Guy gets wrecked. And then they put Maurer right back in the game again. I was like, man. Well, I, think, I think Maurer got, like, banged up or something. That's, that's why Garantano came in. But, um yeah, Maurer finished 14 to 28 for 259, two touchdowns interception. Jake Fromm, I'll tell you what, if you give this dude time, and he's been this way since the first time I saw him in high school, if you can't get a pass rush on him, I mean, they could have, he could have thrown the ball and completed it. It seemed like every single play. He was 24 of 29 for 288, two touchdowns without like breaking a sweat, really. Yeah. And, and, um, the thing is, though, are you going to be able to protect him all the time? Because, I mean, he he did put up like a, a Phil Sims Super Bowl 25s performance. I mean, 24 for 29. It's pretty daggone good against the Tennessee squad, against an SEC school in their home. You know, he was doing his thing. And, and Tennessee did all right against the running game. Like, Swift didn't really get off like that. He had 17 carries for 72 yards and a touchdown, but that's only four yards a carry. <clears throat> so it was from, from beat him. You know, yeah, they just Tennessee just wasn't going to be able to stop them. I mean, that was the thing about like, you know, <laughs> Maurer starting hot and Tennessee people texting me, "Oh man, we got our guy," and then it's, it's like, you know, 
that's the problem. That's why Tennessee fans take it so hard is because they get so excited. So we like me with like the, the Blazers will make like the, you know, the conference finals. I'm like, well, you're just going to get swept anyway. Right. You know? Right. It doesn't matter. Exactly. None of this matters until the conference finals. None of this is important. Uh, uh, you know, Rob's kind of the same way with the Mets. Like when the Mets were having some run in like August, he's like, they're only four games back of the second wild card spot. And I'm like, so yeah, yeah. First of all, first of all, Rob, Never talk to me about baseball. Well, right, but it's like they're only four games back of the second. I know, yeah, yeah, yeah. But look, when you're that bad, you look for any kind of hope. I mean, Tennessee's a team that beat Florida State in Florida in Florida State's heyday for the national championship, right? And they Peyton Manning, like they they fell from grace so so bad that. They just latch on to any little sign of hope, and then they extrapolate it. You know, we're back. <laughs> we're up fourteen to ten on Georgia. Vol for life. Nobody. Right. Right. They're like, it's happening. It's like, guys, I, I don't. I'm not saying don't have a little bit of hope, but I just don't get how. Uh, and I mean, I come from like a tor- tortured fan. I'm a I'm a tortured fan for the most part. No team I've ever rooted for has won a championship. So Ooh. I mean, I guess. I guess I expect a, some type of failure to always uh, be right around the corner. So, um, so I don't know. Georgia looks Georgia looks good. I'm a little concerned. Speaking of uh, Maurer, I'm a little concerned about their their pass defense. I know they've been playing without um, Tyson Campbell, who was a five star DB. Uh-huh. I'm just I, I don't know. I'm a little worried about their corners. I, I don't think Tennessee has a dynamic pass. They got a couple of decent receivers, Marquez Calloway and Jawan Jennings. Yeah, they got pro receivers. Like two, Those two guys can go to the NFL. I also like the Dominic Wood Anderson dude. He's huge. Did you see LeCount light him up and then he jumped up like flexing? He just he just ate that hit. You know, and then on the next, and then on the next play, of course, LeCount gets an interception. <laughs> but, but uh, I, I think that Tennessee's strength is their receiving core, which has to be extremely frustrating for Tennessee fans when you can't get these guys the ball. I mean, Juwan Jennings is going to get drafted, Callaway will get drafted, and Dominic Wood Anderson is just a, a, a horse out there. You know, and and you can't get these guys the ball, and it, you're just, if I'm a fan, I'm losing my mind too. I get it, but. You got to do better of quarterback evaluation. You know what I mean? It was Guarantano? Where's he from? Jersey? Yeah. What was he? What? No, Four star? Yeah, Farrell wanted to make him a five star, <laughs> and he lost the argument. Uh, yeah. So that, that that wasn't a, that wasn't an officer special right there. I uh, know they combined on that one. It was the, uh, two, the two of them were hard at work to. Uh, they formed like Voltron. But but my thing is like. And one of the issues, one of the issues with Gorantano is he's gotten he's gotten worse. worse. I, yeah, I, I just I never I never like one to be like, hey, this guy's a total bust or whatever. If they come in and they're they're better and they slowly get worse, it makes me wonder about like development and stuff like that. So um, he's had three or four different coordinators and all that. Uh, Tennessee also just can't run the ball. I mean, their offensive line play no. is not uh, is not great either. So. Um, I do think I I pointed didn't I say it when we did like when we went through the rundown that I thought they could beat Mississippi State potentially? Do you still think that? Yes. Okay. I, I don't think Mississippi State's great. I do. Here's the problem though: if Mississippi State can run the ball, which I think they, which I think they can, I think uh, 
I, if they get off to a good start, it's going to be tough for Tennessee to kind of come back on that. But I don't think Mississippi State's defense is what we're used to seeing. It's not as good as it used to be. All right, so what's the next game we got, brother? We got your dog barking. We got we got we got LSU beating Utah State forty-two to six. Dark horse Heisman candidate, first round pick Jordan Love. Oh, what happened? Fifteen of thirty for one hundred and thirty yards and three ints. Might have tanked his draft stock, huh? Uh, nah, it's all right, man. He went down. He went down to LSU. He went down to Death Valley. You know, they'll, they'll skip over that. It's all well, you good. know, they gave up like they gave up like thirty points to Vanderbilt. <laughs> <laughs> they did give up. They gave up more than that, I think. Right. Let me see how many they gave up to Vanderbilt because yeah, that's a damning argument. Hold on, <laughs> wait a minute. They gave up thirty-eight. Right. Uh, our boy Derek Stingley, another great game. Uh, another INT. Wait, should we look up him on Pro Football Focus? Yes. Uh, he is having uh, amazing. Dude, his, yo, let me ask you this: if if he comes out, if the, if he was allowed to declare for the draft. He's a t- is he top ten or top five? He's probably top ten. I'm not sure if we get to th- top five. His grades on the season, he's overall grade of an 88.4. He's got to be the number one graded cornerback then. That's ridiculous because like average is what like 69 or something. Yeah, in the 60s. Yeah, and he's way over that. I mean, that's elite. <laughs> it's pretty. It's pretty crazy. He's given up ten catches on twenty-seven targets. Dark Horse Heisman, Derek Stingley. He's got. He's got. Uh, he has a touchdown. Did he? Have, how did he have a touchdown? Did he have a pick six? I missed. When you when you have the ball in your hand and you cross the goal line, that's a touchdown. So oh, sorry, he gave up a touchdown. Oh, okay. <laughs> just uh, one. Just one. Yeah, just one so far on. Yeah. Against um, Vanderbilt. Yeah, <laughs> um. So LSU hosts Florida n- next week. This is going to be the game of the week. Talk about it. Uh, I already got ticket requests coming into me. I can only imagine what it's going to be like for them. This is going to be like uh, the game of the century. Night game, 8 o'clock. Oh, man, I'm going to settle in and watch this real nice next week. Yeah, I might I might go to the bar to watch that one somewhere, you know? Boy, they says from $99 on Vivid Seats. I can imagine. Let's see, two tickets. Yeah, get your binoculars out, Upper though. Upper row, level FF. Let's see. There, there you go. Yeah, you're still, you're still on like the ten yard line, uh, just just about in the nosebleeds. That's that stadium is really nice. That would be a fun game to go to a night game. Let's see if you wanted to get into uh, oh seven hundred and thirty nine tickets a pop to get into the lower bowl. Mm. Yeah, I'm good on that. I'll sit right on my couch with my beer and watch that game. Which oh it'll be Herb Street and Fowler it'll be the number one crew it'll be College Game Day the whole the whole kit and caboodle I give LSU the early advantage but I I'd say they're probably going to be about a seven point favorite what do you think I don't know yeah that's, that's safe that's a safe landing spot I I'd, I'd say something more like uh, I I think it ends up around six though like five and a half six it probably start at seven but it'll go down because Florida's defense is is legit you know what I mean and. Trask is a ball control guy, so you're going to keep LSU off the field, you know, and they, they got a good running game. So I, I don't know. I, I see that. What's the over-under? That would, I think, I think you're looking at something like a, a 27-23-21 type score. You know what I mean? All right, so that's Dave's, uh, Dave's projection. LSU did have a nice game running the ball, 240 yards rushing, which is something they've struggled at. They keep playing. They With Fournette leaving the team, which was a blessing in disguise for them, they finally started to play these freshmen, Tyrion Davis and John Emery. 
they had 53 mm-hmm. and 45 yards respectively. I think those are going to be the guys uh, that they need to get the ball. Uh, no offense to Leonard's little brother, Leonard. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> what, what, what are your kids' names, Dave? Dave and Jace and Gracie. Okay. Okay. So I guess Jace and Gracie kind of be confusing like a Leonard-Leonard situation. Nah, not at all. The best was Cavan and Calvin. Ridley, yeah, the Ridley brothers. Uh, which Ridley then just started going by Riley, just made up a name. <laughs> <laughs> which was great. Uh, all right, moving on. Oklahoma beats Kansas 45-20 to 20 in a game I told you to take. Didn't I say, Dave? Did you listen to the show last week? I said take the Jayhawks, plus 33. Yeah, no doubt. Puka Williams, baby. Ball control offense, the killer to the spread. Yeah. You know, you got a big spread. You got a, a good running back. Take the team that's got the, the the points and the good running back. Yeah, 137 yards for Puka. Nice game. Three touchdowns for Carter Stanley as well. Oklahoma keeps rolling along. Nothing to nothing to see here from them in terms of uh, concern. I did see some people early like tweeting it. Josh McQuistion being like, "How is this team not ready for this game?" Because they were losing seven to nothing. It's like, can we relax? You know, I, I hate, I hate the hot take first quarter people. Right. Like, have you not learned yet? Shut up! Like the, I, the same thing was happening with the Georgia game. I see people talking about, "You can't tell me that Georgia belongs in the playoffs." Blah blah blah. Shut up! <laughs> right. <laughs> give me your, give me your phone. Stop. Put, put, put down the IPA. Give me your phone. You're done. Right. They won by thirty. You know. Like, what do you want? Right. Does it matter that it was fourteen to thirteen early? No, it doesn't. Um, <laughs> unless you unless you bet the first quarter, <laughs> right? Unless you want unless you want to get off some tweets comparing uh, Maurer with uh, other quarterbacks or whatever. Um, so they the big game. Oh boy, we got Texas. If we have Texas Oklahoma next week too, I'm not going anywhere, Dave. That's at noon. I hate that that game's at noon. I I do not like the big noon kickoff on Fox. I'm sorry. I do. No, no. Stagger those. I'd rather have it like that than have it at 730. So I got to have, you know, the two big games on two different TVs and, uh, you know, got my head on a yeah, but Give me, Stagger those joins. I don't care. I'm, I'm not a fan. Like, I, I need to watch these so I can talk about it on the podcast the next morning. So by all, by all means. It was big. It was big snooze kickoff with Oklahoma with uh, Michigan and Iowa this week. Yeah, I was driving like, and they were like big noon kickoff. I was like about falling asleep in my uh, in my Jeep. Uh, boy, I got a 2020 Jeep Wrangler rental car this weekend. I was nice. See me. Well, don't don't drive your rental and watch the game at the same time and fall asleep. Yeah, I was doing all three. You should have seen me. I was driving that thing over like. Over uh, like like there was no parking at the high school game I went to, and I just drove it up on the curb, like parked it on a hill. <laughs> I was really living the really living the old redneck life. Uh, I was I was a G- oh, and then and then other you know other Jeep people will like let you in and stuff. Did you know that? Yeah, yeah, that Volkswagen people uh, have that kind of culture too. As a matter of fact, the people that drive the the old school vans and uh, Land Rovers, because I got a Land Rover. Land Rover culture is like that too. Oh, so yes, I am aware. What a of humble that. brag by you. I got a Land Rover. He says, "Yeah, it's it's, it's a two thousand and two. <laughs> it's worth like a thousand dollars. It's actually doesn't run. If anybody wants to buy it, you know, <laughs> Rob, DM me. Rob used to have a Cadillac. I think <laughs> it was like the most beat up Cadillac." Ah, hello. Something just fell in my office. Did you fall? Cassidy, <laughs> Cassidy's throwing stuff at me or something. Um, yeah, he had this catalog that was just so beat up, and it was like, you know, probably a 
a really nice car. I think he got it for his high school graduation or something. But uh, there you go. Yeah, Rob. Rob looks like a beat up Cadillac guy to me. I could totally see that with his with his snapback on backwards and his little hair flipping out the front. A convertible, convertible Cadillac at that. So his little hair sticking through the front of the snapback and blowing the breeze. <laughs> he got rid of it though. He's got something else. He got like a Honda Accord or something now. Um, so anyway, moving on. Uh, Wisconsin beats Kent State forty to nothing. Jonathan Taylor is still my Heisman guy right now. I just don't think we can give the Heisman to Oklahoma's quarterback every year. I'm sorry. I mean, I'm, I'm fine with it. Here's the thing. Here's okay. So. Jonathan Taylor has to play Ohio State. And if you're watching the Ohio State game last night, the commentators say, you know, the big game coming up they got really is Wisconsin. And, you know, Jonathan Taylor's great, but Wisconsin's going to have to throw the ball because Jonathan Taylor's not going to be able to put up, you know, 160, 150 yards, right? However, like you were saying, um, who were you saying? Oh, Trevor isn't going to have his Heisman moment because Clemson's schedule. Jonathan Taylor's Heisman moment will come against Ohio State. So you're not off when you say that he could definitely – like when you say that he's your Heisman guy, it's going to come down to that Ohio State game, and that's going to be his Heisman moment. So if he can do to them what he's done all year, he's in there. He's, he's definitely right. going to be in New York. So he's got 745 yards rushing to compare to Oregon's 800 as a team. <laughs> <laughs> uh, for the for the old ground and pound people out there, uh, I like Wisconsin. I I, I, I kind of go back and forth on how much I trust them, especially after last week against Northwestern. But uh, easy win against Kent State. Same for Notre Dame. They win fifty two to nothing against a very bad Bowling Green team. Ian Book had five touchdowns. Blah blah blah. No, like I said, Notre Dame's like schedule and non exciting games has kind of killed my TV setup because I I usually like to watch them. They do play USC next week, and I think that's dangerous because USC has a ton of athletes at wide receiver, and I think that when Notre Dame gets in a game like that, they can kind of get caught. So uh, I'm looking forward to that one. That's a 7:30 game next week, so you won't be jerking back and forth on that one. Um, Texas beats West Virginia 42 to 31. What a cover. They cover by half a point. They were kind of sweating this one for, for a while. Austin Kendall was playing nice early, but he threw some bad interceptions as the game went along. He had four picks. This is always kind of, this is kind of a trap game for them. Anyway, they survive. Uh, Sam Ellinger wasn't exactly great. 18 of 33. Uh, he did have 45 yards rushing, but I don't know, man. I like Oklahoma early, early lean for me is, Give me a, uh, give me Oklahoma by a lot. Yeah, yeah, I'm rolling with that as well. Because um, Texas, now, Texas needed a big fourth quarter to 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 emerge victorious here, right? Right. Yeah. No, West Virginia. It was 21 to 14 at halftime. It was 21, and then it was 21 17. It was 21. It was yeah. It was 21 17 going into the fourth, and then Texas kind of put it on them. You know, but, but West Virginia did answer. So it was 35-17, and West Virginia answered. Um, Austin Kendall threw um, a touchdown. But then uh, I think there was an interception. And then there was the big guy touchdown. Did you see that play where Ellinger threw oh, it? Yeah, and he threw the screen yeah. out to the, the offensive lineman who took a shot in the end zone, by the way. Um, but that was, that's always fun. You always love the fat guy touchdowns. I see a lot of – I saw a lot of offensive linemen who now play college football um, who I followed when they were recruits, you know, and they're like they're like adding their coach like, hey, coach, see what see this? Let's do this next week, you know. So I, it is what it is. But I, I like Oklahoma in that one as well. Is it at Oklahoma? It is, right? I uh, know they play in Dallas. Remember Ooh. the old fairgrounds? Uh, the quote-unquote neutral site game? 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, we'll talk um, about that. John, our boy John Burt had a touchdown. I didn't realize he was still kicking around uh, yeah, for Texas. Speed demon John Burt, brother. You know who? You know who coached him up in high school? Who? What, what's your boy's name? The annoying dude from Florida, the receiver, Jacquez Green. Yeah, that was his guy. Oh, okay. Yeah, that, so, that would uh, explain everything. <laughs> right, exactly. But I did like John Burt. One catch, thirteen, 13 yards. yards. Hey, is he scored though, man? Hey, you want to make one catch, make it count, baby. Man, I tell you what, West Virginia's team is just all transfers. Yeah, <laughs> it's insane. Uh, you look at their. I'm looking at like their leading tackler, Josh Norwood. He went to. He started at Ohio State. I remember him from Valdosta. I oh, really liked him. Austin Kendall. Austin Kendall, uh, and then T.J. Simmons, their leading receiver, was from Alabama. Um, and then Kennedy McCoy and Martel Pedway. I feel like it's from – No, McCoy, McCoy's always been at uh, West Virginia. Really? I, I'm pretty sure, yeah. He was there last year. He was uh, – his productivity has decreased. But, yeah, I'm pretty sure – I guess Pedway did sign with them out of high school from Detroit, which is an odd – maybe that's why I thought he was a – he was a transfer, but uh, all right, let's see. Let's get this wrapped up here. We're almost done. We're almost done, Dave. Um, Keep pushing. Stanford beats Washington. We talked about that one a little bit. Uh, Davis Mills looked really good, had a, had a great game, 21 of 30, 293. He did get injured late in the game. He's had a history of knee injuries. It made me a little nervous when he was getting his, his knee iced, but it wasn't like he was on crutches or went back to the locker room. So they might have just said, hey, we're going to hand it off every play anyway. Uh, let's hit him on the bench. But Stanford looks like a completely different team with him playing quarterback. Yeah, you know, I liked him a lot. And what I liked from him is uh, he was able to throw on a run. So they were rolling the pocket a lot, and he was making a lot of accurate throws on the run. And you're right, they do look like a different team. And, you know, Stanford always has, like, one player who can make people miss. I think it's number 20. I forget his name. But they're – they, they need to have consistent play from uh, whoever's at their quarterback position to convert on, like, these third downs because that's what they do, right? Like, they're, they're ball control offense, typically a good defense, and they played that game against Washington, and that's why they got the L. I mean, they were in control the whole game, you know. And uh, Jacob Eason, he, he – Jacob Eason does this thing where he like bails out of the pocket like Tony Romo, and then then he kind of like flounders around. He did it like four times, and then he fires the ball like a thousand miles an hour, right? Uh, or, that, or he gets sacked, the, you know what I mean? Right. That was a big problem for him. He uh, I, I, he throws the ball too hard sometimes. I know I was talking about that. With yeah, Robert. you always say that. That's your thing. Were, catchable balls are important, though. I'll give you that. Yeah. I mean, he was rifling in there, balls bouncing off dudes. I mean, when he but there was one, there was one, there was one play where he threw it to uh, number two. I forget his name, and they were saying how he doesn't catch the ball with his hands; he catches it with his body, and it was a rocket shot from Eason. And it's kind of like, bro, you're probably better off trying to absorb that with your whole body than just your hands. It went, <laughs> it went, it like it looked like he got shot in the gut, you know, when he when he went down. But Washington was listen. Washington came out in the second half and drove all the way down into the red zone and. And then they went for it on fourth down and they didn't get it. And everybody was like, oh, they should have kicked a field goal or whatever. And um, so they would, they would drive. Washington had drives. They just couldn't, they just couldn't capitalize, you know. And um, I don't know, man. Stanford, Stanford is, is out of it, but they beat Washington and now they're four and two. And that's why you get all that Pac-10 talk, you know, like, oh, it's, it's, it's uh, what is it? What's the word he said? Adorable. It's adorable. It's adorable. Yeah. What a what a what an adjective. Um, <laughs> way to go, guy who writes for a living. 
<laughs> well, first, yeah, we we think we don't know who it is. It could just be someone hacked the account, I guess. Like, I don't. They, it gets it gets ratioed pretty bad, uh, which is you know where there's more replies than retweets or likes. Uh, that happens to that account whenever it fires out fires off one of those hot takes. But uh, all right, moving on. Yeah, Washington, they're probably going to drop out of the top twenty five if I had to guess. I don't know why they would be ranked. I mean, they lost to Cal and Stanford. Well, they were uh, four. They were four and one, and when they lost, and they lost to Cal, right. they were undefeated. They've lost two straight now, right? No, 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 no. Because Cal yeah, lost last week. USC. That's yeah. right. That's right. Cal lost last week. That's why they were ranked. I mean, they're still probably you know number twenty five or something. They're fifteenth. They'll, they'll be either twenty fifth or others receiving votes. Uh, Boise beats uh, UNLV. UNLV thirty-eight to thirteen in a game that was played when I was sleeping. I think I picked. I think I had picked UNLV. What was the spread? Twenty-three. Uh, so Rob and there I both picked that. And we both. Well, I had. If it was if it was twenty-three, you covered. No, didn't they win by twenty-five? Thirty-eight uh, to thirteen. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, so if you took Boise State, no, you I won. took UNLV. I oh UNLV. my bad. Uh, speaking of games, I I missed. Oklahoma State goes down and loses to Texas Tech, forty-five to thirty-five. Big win, first big win for old Matt Wells era, which yep. I saw people say Matt Wells can coach. It's like I didn't realize we were on the Matt Wells bandwagon. <laughs> I didn't realize that. I didn't realize we were on the Matt Wells can't coach. <laughs> right, I never. I can't keep track of. It's so weird how college football Twitter gloms on to certain coaches and just decide like like the amount of times you hear Don Brown's name said during the Michigan broadcast <laughs> they say his name like 500 times it's like then you'll watch another game they don't mention the, like who's the I guess they do mention Alex Grinch with Ohio with uh, Oklahoma but I don't even remember who the Ohio State defensive coordinator is right now I don't know who it is I know who Michigan's is. <laughs> Don Brown. Yeah, it's Don Brown. Um, <laughs> so, big win for Texas Tech. Jet Duffy, 424 yards and four times. This was a, this had to have been like a trap game for uh, for Oklahoma State. And and uh, did my boy Spencer Sanders uh, finally play like Spencer Sanders? Yeah, two two touchdowns and three picks, uh, oh. which, which is, as Nick Kruger always said, he's hot and cold. Um, so, I think they'll probably also fall out. And then Tulsa comes back – or Tulsa, SMU. SMU was down 30-9 to nine going into the fourth quarter. Came all the way back, maybe 21 points in the fourth quarter. Wow. Yeah, and they win 43-37 to 37 in overtime. Uh, Tulsa actually had a field goal to win in overtime. They missed it, and then it went to triple overtime. Yeah, and uh, SMU – SMU is undefeated. They're going to be in that make. They're going to, they're ranked and they're they're going to probably breathing down Boise's neck right now for that uh, New Year's Day spot. Let's look at their schedule and see who they got. Oh, no, that's not going to last long. They got Temple. <laughs> yeah, they got Temple. They they got Houston and they got Memphis and they have Tulane and Navy. Yeah, they're probably not going to make it. Yeah, uh, they got they got Temple at home. Okay, so that's good. And you know, so far away to travel for Temple. So they, they might survive that. But then they go to Houston and Memphis back-to-back weeks. And then yeah. they got then they go to Navy. What's Navy? Is Navy good this year? No, I don't know. Yeah, I, but it's always hard to play there. Uh, yeah, like, they're 3-1. Okay. And, and it's always they, hard to play Navy anyway, you know? Right. Then they play Tulane in the year. Tulane actually uh, is a very good team with a shot at that too, especially because they're only losses to Auburn. So, um, yeah. 
All right, Dave, that wraps it up for our <laughs> our Sunday show. Do you want to talk about the misery index at all? You want to talk about Miami, any of those uh, UCLA? Yeah, let's let, let's talk about. I think Miami and Virginia Tech are, are the the two most miserable ACC teams right now. You know, um, with Louisville crawling out of the cellar last night or yesterday at noon. Thanks, dog. Thanks for screaming and barking for no reason. I appreciate that. Anyway, uh, start off with Miami, and I'll go shut my dog off. Okay, so. So Miami, they were, I think they got down 28 to nothing, and then they, they came all the way back. Uh, well, they, they benched Jaron Williams, which uh, definitely definitely hurt uh, college football Twitter, who, who declared that he was the best quarterback ever during week one, if you remember. I do remember. Miami's got their guy. Well, no, I guess they don't. Uh, he got benched. He threw three picks. The, the difference was whenever a team makes a quarterback change, like Virginia Tech did coming into this game, they, they started Hendon Hooker. Um, and he didn't have a great – he was 10 of 20, but he, he kind of provided a different spark with being able to run. He had 76 yards rushing. And Miami came all the way back to, to tie it, but then Hooker let him right down the field to win. Nikosi Perry came off the bench through 422 and four touchdowns um, for uh, – for Miami, how about Jaron Williams? He completed every pass he threw four, four, four of seven for forty-seven yards and three interceptions. So yeah, I, a funny thing about that Miami game is though they were right there to win it at the end and they couldn't pull it off. They were like on what the ten or fifteen yeah, yard yeah, line. They, and, uh, they were yeah, they were coming in to actually they when, tie it up when they scored to make it. 35-35, then they missed they missed the extra point extra point yeah so right it was a it, it's a tough loss Miami though is two and three we did see some what, what was it some hot takes hot it seat. was from it was it was the uh, aggregation nation site for Miami um two two articles on the front page uh in very clickbait hot take fashion was is Manny Diaz on the hot seat and also Nikosi Perry should uh be the starting quarterback. One of those may be true. The other one is probably not. But you know what? Nothing nothing gets people clicking on your page more than a coach on the hot seat and a quarterback controversy. And uh, they, they check both of those boxes. So shout out to them. Okay, so, so Miami's defense obviously didn't play well. Their entire problem is their lack of an offensive line. I do not know how they can trot out the offensive line that they do. It's just – it's unbelievable. Hey, I mean, hey, you trot out, you trot out what you got, man. Well, right, but it's like, let me let, let's take let's take a look at the old U offensive line yesterday. Um, Jakai Clark's played pretty well for, for them. Uh, true freshman. Speaking of not a takes, he was not a take by Auburn. Uh, so there's three. Their their two guards are good. Okay, uh, and their right tackle is good. The left tackle Zion Nelson. He was supposed to. He was. What did he have? App State right. before uh, he, Miami offered him. So he was going to. He was going to what? Conference USA or, or Sun Belt? Sun Belt, and I think he was going as a tight end. Right. Yeah, up. that's dangerous. Right. Man. It's just to me, it's not fair to him or the anyone in the program to put to throw continually throw him out there week after week. He allowed two sacks, one hit one hurry and four pressures yesterday. I mean, and now on the season, <laughs> he's allowed six sacks, uh, 18 pressures, three hits and nine hurries and is over 
Yeah, and, and he was obliterated against Florida. Remember how he played in the first game? And I know that's not fair. It's all well, right, but it's like, no, it, but then he played, okay, so yeah. against Central Michigan, his grade was 20. Like, the, 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 he's not ready to play. Like, it's, it's in my opinion, it's coaching malpractice to be, continue to. It is. It is. It really is to throw somebody out there, you know, go take that hill and, and you're not, you know, you're, you, you're not even done boot camp yet. You <laughs> right. Know? You can argue that left tackle is, is the, the second most posi- important position in, on offense besides quarterback. I mean. And you'd be right. Right. So it's like, it, it, you can't tell me you have no one else at your Miami. You have no one else on the team. I just, I don't. And we saw, let's see. Move, move that right tackle that's good to left tackle. I mean, right. what are we talking about? Right, here? exactly. I mean, I know he's under he – can, he, can, he can grade out at a 22. <laughs> right. He, can, he can't be any worse. He he allowed uh, a sack, two two hurries, and three pressures and had a penalty yesterday at right tackle. So, yeah. And this, this ain't a knock on the Antonio Smith kid. We're not knocking the Antonio Smith kid. We're knocking the fact that he's being forced into doing right. it before he's ready. So, so this is what happens at all these rebuilding programs, and I'm sure I've said this before. I'll say it over and over again. Players like okay, so so say Zion Nelson, who could develop into a guy. He's got like a he's got like excellent frame and all that. If he went to any other school, if he went to Alabama, he went to Georgia, he would not play for two or three years, and he would be practicing, getting better, getting coached, adding weight, and then he would play and he'd be good. Right. But when you have to throw people into the fire, and it, this goes for anybody, this goes for four and five stars, like 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 yesterday, you know, Wanya Morris for Tennessee, like when you have to throw him out there against Georgia, and then he doesn't <laughs> play well, you can't say he's a bust. It's like he shouldn't yeah. be playing. Even though he was ranked high, that doesn't mean you're supposed to right. start from day one and be the best player on your team, you know? So, um, yeah. I think I said the kid's name wrong. Zion Nelson uh, no, is the one I'm talking yeah, about. Yeah, I, said, I, said, I, said a, I said a 2020 kid, my bad. But, um, <laughs> Boy, yeah. we had some. He came, he came in at 6'6, 240, which is kind of like, okay, you know, 6'6, 240, if he's got the frame. Then you know, in three years, he can get up to three hundred, right. right, or, or two ninety-five, and that's fine because that's what we're seeing now. We're seeing these long guys who are hair under three hundred really shine, right? So, but Zion is not ready for that. So I feel you. But they had a rough recruiting class last year. I mean, they were thirty-six in the country. They they took any O lineman they could get. They had a JUCO kid. They had a another another two star in Adam El Gamala Mall or whatever. So I mean, like I said, man, you trot out what you got. You know, and they're they're in trouble. You know, I mean, do they have anybody else they can put out there right now? And and you're saying they do, but maybe maybe they actually don't. Well, I know they got like so they got like a grad transfer that everybody. There was some grad transfer that everybody wanted. I remember because people kept trying to have me get him on the phone. Let me look up his name. Um, and, and the people kept and he was supposed to be the guy. Like, and he obviously he was one of these transfer up types i think he might have been from like butler um oh yeah let me look let me look him up i feel like his name was like tommy kennedy or something like that because he was like floating around he was floating around everywhere uh let's see roster i have to change the roster view every time you go to one of these websites um let's see tommy kennedy redshirt senior yeah what what's what's the story tommy like is he even playing let me look on my uh Man. Like I, I just don't. 
Miami's just a mess right now, bro. Like Jeff Thomas, remember Jeff Thomas was going to transfer, right? The receiver, like coming into this game, he had six catches for forty yards. <laughs> oh so so T- Tommy Kennedy has not played for Miami. I'm not sure if he's hurt or not. Let me look. Um, he did have a speaking of speaking of not played. Has Tate Martell played <laughs> for them? Yeah, Tommy Kennedy came from Butler, and he was a second team all Pioneer League football honors last year. And they 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 loved it. If you go look at all these like preseason stories about uh about how he was gonna be the guy and all that stuff, I mean, maybe he's hurt. I don't know. I just don't I don't I don't know where yeah. he is. Um let's see. Um so so I I don't – Miami's in trouble in terms of how, how – oh, yeah. He's not made the impact the staff had hoped for. He was at the game but did not suit up for an unknown reason, and that was a couple weeks ago. So he's probably mm. – well, well, Tate Martell has played in four games. He has two carries for two yards. I don't know what he did against Virginia Tech, but that answers our question. Tate well, he's the – so I thought – that that's the thing is like I thought he was like the second-string quarterback, but it's – He's obviously the third string quarterback, right? They moved him obviously. to receiver full time. I, I was under the impression. Um, well, he hasn't caught a ball yet, unless he caught one against Virginia Tech. Because I'm looking at, I'm looking at non-updated offensive grades. Let's see for all Tate. Uh, Tate played three snaps yesterday. He was, he was in at quarterback. It looks like. So yeah, Tate's not. Uh, Tate will transfer again. Don't you think he'll? Get his degree. Once he gets his degree, he'll move on. He'll go to UNLV or something, you know? Northern Illinois, something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, UNLV would be a good spot for him, for real. Maybe he goes to Boise State. Maybe he goes to Oklahoma <laughs> and wins the Heisman. <laughs> well, keep in mind that, like, you know, this was Urban Meyer wanted him. You know, that was his guy. It's not, I know. like That's the other thing about, like, Garantano. Urban Meyer wanted Garantano, and Tennessee, like, won that recruiting battle. So you, you have to wonder at some point, like, like so – these guys that 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 go places and bust that were wanted by everybody, you know, like okay, so were those coaches wrong, yeah. or did it have something to do with development? Um. <laughs> it definitely, you definitely have to consider development. Like, would he have de- would 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 uh, Guantanamo Bay develop better under Urban Meyer and Ryan Day than he would down in Tennessee? I I probably wager yes. By the way, brute. <laughs> Bruce right, Feldman. Yeah, yeah. Speaking of being washed, Bruce Feldman posted a video from from being down <laughs> on the sideline at the Oregon game last night. You know they do they do uh, shout between the third and fourth quarters, but the video is like <laughs> the video is not. Uh, I'm going to send it to you. It's like formatted wrong, so instead of being sideways, it's like upside down. You got to like turn your head to see. <laughs> Come oh, on, Dad. <laughs> I, I love that Bruce is your one-armed man. Yeah. <laughs> well, Bruce takes shots at us all the time. Boy, you want to? Hey, you want to hear about Bruce? Talk to Josh Hemholt. Oh man, I would mess with Josh, man. <laughs> People are crazy. Uh, for that. I tell you what. Oh Josh shit! Yeah, right. it's all sideways. God, I love this job and this sport. Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> sideways. Check it out. That's not even dad. That's not even dad because dads grew up with like Nintendos and stuff. (laughs) That's grandpa right there. Come on, grandpa. What are you doing? 
All right, that wraps it up for us. I got work to do. It's it's Sunday. Um, Sunday, Sunday. Get stuff done around here. So, uh, thanks for joining us. Uh, I don't know. Does anyone still listen to this show? That's the question. Not we cannot get not on uh, not on SoundCloud, but it's like we we're can't under get a thousand, to- bro. It's not good, man. But iTunes, man, we're not getting any reviews. What's up, man? Yeah, I don't know what's up. Yeah, we're getting uh, people. I blame are, uh, you. I blame you. You need to. You need more uh, clickbaity um, captions for the for our stuff. You know, say something like Dave said Miami sucks, and um, you know Nikosi Perry is the next Bernie Kosar or something. You know what I mean? Like we need we need to sauce it up here. I'm looking back. Isn't it funny when you look back through? Like you can go back and look through these old episodes, and it's like. Uh, <laughs> Man, we got a lot of episodes, dude. <laughs> I know. We've got like we got like two hundred episodes on iTunes. Sometimes, uh, so so my computer will automatically load these on my phone for some reason, uh, and so sometimes old episodes will pop up. And the other day, uh, it, I was listening to the one where Cassidy, where uh, Florida State hired Willie Taggart. If you really want a good laugh, uh, you probably really enjoy it. Or Cassidy, what, what like, number is it? What number is it? Cassidy was like, anyone with a brain would have made this decision. Uh, what to hire <laughs> Willie? Yeah, yeah, it was pretty funny. Um, oh, they're turning it around out there, man! Big win against Louisville. And- <laughs> I think it was. I think it was episode eighty-five, December 6, two thousand seventeen. It was actually a really good episode. I didn't even mean to listen to it, and uh, I was I was laughing. So that that was go. when they hired Willie, two thousand seventeen, right? Yeah. So mm-hmm. anyway, right, right before right before signing day, right exactly. So because there was like a protracted uh, there was a protracted contract dispute where they gave him this uh, ironclad contract with a buyout, <laughs> and then and then Stan Wilcox left town. <laughs> yeah, yeah, boy, what a move! So uh, we'll be back. Rob and I'll be back later in the week uh, talking uh, everything college football. I thought we had a good episode last week. Did you listen to it, Dave? I, I was about to listen to it this morning. I got a phone call from a recruit's dad, um, which I, which I, I was well received. Actually, I was very got some good info. So uh, VIP scoop, be on the lookout for that on Dave's Twitter feed. Um, I already posted it. All right, all right. So, so we'll be back uh, with another episode later in the week. Thanks for listening. Thanks for joining me, Dave. All right, thanks, brother. Anytime. Uh-huh.